you know, the Museum of Modern Art is one of the few places in the city that, that pretty much anybody can go to. I've gotten in there with, uh, you know, not paying anything and being able to uh, look at art, even though I'm blind. Kind of weird me think about it. They let blind people in for free. But anyway, the uh, Museum of Modern Art was a scene of uh, stabbing today with uh, two employees suddenly being lashed out and stabbed by a guy by the name of Gary Cabana, who is what NYPD describes as a emotionally disturbed person. Apparently, Cabana uh, had his membership revoked and uh, he had allegedly engaged in a violent incident prior to this. So, uh, you know, that's that's what's being said at the moment by the uh, New York City Police Department and its Intelligence and Investigation Division. Its deputy commissioner came out and had, uh, you know, uh, this to say, uh, you know, uh, Deputy Commissioner Miller came out and made uh, these statements. Let's listen to Miller Harris. Afternoon, an individual entered the museum, uh, attempted to gain entrance, uh, presenting his membership card, and was denied entrance because his membership had expired. His membership had expired as a result of two incidents involving disorderly conduct here at the museum on two separate dates in recent days. He became uh, upset about not being allowed entrance and then jumped over the reception desk and proceeded to attack and stab two employees of the museum multiple times. Those employees were stabbed uh, in the back, in the collarbone, in the back of the neck, uh, and were rushed uh, within minutes to Bellevue Hospital where they received immediate care. Uh, we are told that they're both going to be okay, which is important. Uh, the individual involved in this incident is known to us and we are endeavoring, endeavoring to locate this person right now. Uh, this incident is still unfolding. We're at a very early stage in the investigation, but we will try to answer a couple of questions if you have them. You mean the suspect is still in the museum? The suspect is not still in the museum. Uh, he is reported on video leaving. We have a direction of flight. His description went out immediately over the division radio to the units in the area and um, an immediate canvas was begun by units who responded to the vicinity of the scene and started looking for us. Uh, so basically, what we, you know, they're, they're going through the entire uh, situation of how the NYPD does their briefings on, on this thing, and uh, you know what what exactly uh, this is all about. You know, when it when it comes to this stuff. Now, of course, uh, the man involved was actually um, saying that he didn't stab anybody, he just poked them with his knife. So there's something there. Uh, MoMA, as it's called, or the Museum of Modern Art, is very well known for the people of New York. Uh, he's been identified in news reports as a Gary Cabana. He's 60 years old. He's wanted by the NYPD investigation for stabbing two Museum of Modern Art employees. Uh, I've seen photos of the two employees. One's really striking. Pretty. That's why Kabata like her. But anyway, um, he went on social media to claim that he was framed. It's kind of funny, you know, when an artist says they were framed. Okay, the, the victims are going to be all right. Don't get mad at me for, for making this up, I mean, you know, or, or making up that comment about being framed. 
But yeah, uh, artist says he was framed and stabbing. But just it's just a headline, you know. The, uh, but anyway, so Cabana uh, said that uh, his membership in the museum had been revoked uh, and denied that it had been for disorderly conduct. Uh, the mayor of New York, uh, Eric Adams, has said that uh, the person will be found. Uh, he will be dealt with and uh, arrested. Uh, he's actually made some video posts, even on his Instagram post, talking about you know all these things. And it's kind of weird, you know. You, you look at somebody on social media, and they're and they're out there. They're, they're you know they've already committed a violent crime. They're already out in New York City. They're running around. Uh, they're doing their thing. Uh, they know that he stays at the Times Square Apartments, which is an apartment co-op. That is a beautiful place to stay. There are really nice apartments in there, and it's set aside for artists. Okay, so so they you know pay like a minimum amount of fees for for staying in those places, and it's primarily the reason they get into those places is because they're supposed to be part of the art world, part of the Museum of Modern Art. So when their membership in the museum is cast aside, I guess that could be the trigger that sets them off. Uh, you know. Uh, that could be the, the the whole thing. It may be. Now, as uh, you know, uh, John Miller was talking to us a little while ago in that uh, press conference. He was the deputy commissioner uh, for the New York City Police Department, uh, and uh, talking about it, uh, the deputy commissioner for intelligence, by the way, said that they have uh, you know uh, an idea of where he went, where he's going. That people should not be worried. He's not in the museum. The museum is generally safe. And that these things、uh, do indeed happen.、Um, police officers are, are are deployed at his residence, and at、uh, and and at other uh, places. Uh, I've been looking around the internet. They say he posted a video of himself shortly after the attack. You know, talking and ranting on on Instagram and on Facebook. However,、uh, perhaps those postings have been taken down. But yes, artist says he was framed in an attack on Museum of Modern Art. Meanwhile, moving over to another story that we're looking at today is uh, uh, you know it's like looking at things involving、uh, Tulsi Gabbard. And、uh, Tosi is on today talking about the fact that there are indeed 25 laboratories that were funded by the United States government in Ukraine for medical research, and that many of these laboratories—they're not there to build weapons or anything. These are just medical laboratories, and the reason the United States does it in places like Ukraine or in other parts of the world、uh, is because it's just so much cheaper to outsource it and produce results and tests. Outside the United States, because U.S. pharmaceutical companies、uh, can't do those things that they do to require for for medical testing in other countries,、um, or actually here in in many parts of the United States, a lot of those activities, for example, animal testing, are banned.、Um, so they go to another country and they have it done there. And the Ukraine is very popular because it's neither a part of the EU nor is it a part of NATO.、Uh, it is a it is a it, Country in Europe, with you know European standards of medicine and all that, and and yet it is just outside the laws of the European Union, thereby 
making it a choice spot for them to do certain types of medical testing up to a European standard, but not having to follow European or US laws. The idea, see? So that's what's happening there. So let's listen to Ms. Gabbard as uh, she uh, talks about this former Hawaii congresswoman and former vice presidential candidate. Here are the undeniable facts. There are 25 to 30 U.S. funded bio labs in Ukraine. According to the U.S. government, these bio labs are conducting research on dangerous pathogens. Ukraine is in an active war zone with widespread bombing, artillery and shelling. And these facilities, even in the best of circumstances, could easily be compromised and release these deadly pathogens. Now, like COVID, these pathogens know no borders. If they are inadvertently or purposely breached or compromised, they will quickly spread all throughout Europe, the United States, and the rest of the world, causing untold suffering and death. So in order to protect the American people, the people of Europe, the people around the world, these labs need to be shut down immediately, and the pathogens that they hold need to be destroyed. Instead of trying to cover this up, the Biden-Harris administration needs to work with Russia, Ukraine, NATO, the UN to immediately implement a ceasefire for all military action in the vicinity of these labs until they're secured and these pathogens are destroyed. In addition to all this, the U.S. funds around 300 biolabs around the world who are engaging in dangerous research, including gain of function, similar to the lab in Wuhan, where COVID-19 may have originated from. Now, after realizing how dangerous and vulnerable these labs are, they should have all been shut down two years ago, but they haven't. Now, this is not a partisan political issue. The administration and Congress need to act now for the health and well-being of every American and every person on this planet. So that- Uh, Tulsi Gabbard, and uh, you know, she's talking about this uh, issue of, of uh, biological laboratories that uh, she claims, uh, according to her research and her information as a former member of Congress, uh, that these laboratories exist and uh, that they have uh, actually about uh, 300 of these around the world. Um, and, and if you've you know ever lived overseas, you, you will see these laboratories, uh, facilities from places like Malaysia, Singapore, Philippines, and Southeast Asia. You know, those are the ones I've seen, and they exist and they're there, and that's that's where many of these things, uh, you know, uh, research are done on, on medications or new medications are developed. They're, they're just developed in other places because it is so much cheaper for the United States to do so. However, that is not the only issue that we're looking at this morning. So we've gone for the Museum of Modern Art, where an artist was framed. We've gone to Tulsi Gabbard and uh, her issues with uh, these laboratories that need to be, uh, you know, dealt with. We're also going to listen to Charles Kastner. Now, now Charles uh, shared something a little while ago, and this is a this is a video about a speech made by. Vice President of the United States, shame it isn't Tulsi, but the Vice President of the United States, uh, and, and uh, this, this is Kamala Harris in Europe, and she inadvertently 
bungled or bumbled her words into saying that Ukraine is part of NATO. Just listen. It's not exactly clear to me why Putin went into Ukraine, but what we do know is he's got a real problem with any discussion about Ukraine being in NATO. Ukraine is not in NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. It's not. Whether we should put them in or not put it in, that's up for debate. But right now, Ukraine is not in NATO. So I will say what I know we all say, and I will say over and over again. The United States stands firmly with the Ukrainian people in defense of the NATO alliance. Oh boy. And she's the vice president. Come on, man. Uh, joke hacks, as uh, as they say, uh, you know, uh, coming up with uh, something that was shared there by uh, by uh, my Facebook friend Charles, and uh, it just it just tells you, you know, how, how how sad it is to be around in a place where sometimes these mistakes are made and they should not be made by people who should know better. You know, Ukraine is not a part of NATO. That's very very clear. And by saying it is, you create even more problems for these uh, United States and, and the people in it. And of course, you deal with a lot of these problems completely. And, and you know, there's a lot of stuff that you just have to look at, think about, and worry about. I'm Mike of New York. We're gonna continue in a little bit right after. This. this is Mike K. Cohen. You're on the Mike New York Podcast. I was looking for a closing topic on the on my uh, podcast for this morning here in New York City. It is uh, just before dawn. Sunrise is coming. And of course, as I usually produce these things at dawn uh, to go through the day, uh, it is a Monday the 14th of March in New York City. We are uh, looking for topics online every now and then. We have that stabbing at the Museum of Modern Art, which was the first topic. Then we have some from Tulsi Gabbard and uh, some other uh, topics that, that have come along basically on, on the uh, biolab issue, uh, you know, and why the U.S. is outsourcing a lot of its medical research overseas because of laws inside the United States that don't allow for those types of medical research to be conducted here. Good or bad, whatever, that is something that needs to be discussed. Now, I was looking for issues, and as I said, good or bad things need to be discussed. Well, all of a sudden I was looking at this uh, uh, old 1950s video from the United States Army, and it talks about the need for good or bad issues to be discussed. And uh, they, they come out, they used to come out with these films called The Big Picture in the U.S. Army. And they talk about the need for diversity of opinion and acceptance of each other's opinion, regardless of whether we agree or not. Let's listen to this portion. It's about a minute long. I'll, I'll play it for you. The communist soldier gets information of a sort, censored and twisted by a political officer, an official interpreter who makes sure the news is presented in accordance with the party line, regardless of omission or distortion. 
Belief comes ready-made. Conviction is injected by the needle of false propaganda. There are no arguments or discussions unless they follow the official view. There must be agreement or else. So, you know, that is basically what you're saying. There must be agreement or else. Everyone must comply. You will comply or you will not be heard. You will be deplatformed. See what I'm saying? Uh, it's like I said, you know, when I show that uh, audio clip from a friend of mine, by, by picking up those audio clips, uh, you know, a, a, about the situation with uh, Kamala Harris and what she's thinking as she's on her feet in Europe, it's just really bad, you know, to make basic mistakes such as saying that Ukraine is part of NATO. It isn't. And, you know, it may have been a mistake on her part. It may have been just, you know, flustered and all that. But you honestly have to ask, what is her state of mind? What is her state of being? Is she on some kind of medication? Uh, you know, because it does not seem normal that any normal person would say that. Now, to raise these opinions, if I were to do it publicly, I'd be accused of racism. I'd be accused of sexism. I'd be accused of whatever it isn't. But certainly, that is not the way to go. As our soldiers were taught in this film from the big picture, a U.S. Army film from the 1950s about the need for the citizens to have access to all information and to be able to question their leaders and criticize when necessary and not just be shut down, Twitter, Facebook, whatever you are. Big tech, you're not the boss of me. You know, we are on your platforms, yes, but you have to respect people's rights and freedom of expression and opinion. Our armed forces believe the best kind of fighting man is the one who knows why he is fighting. Therefore, it provides him with information and lets him think things out and make up his own mind. Facts, not falsehoods. The simple truth instead of the big lie. Keeping him informed is not just a routine phase of armed forces training, something learned and executed by the numbers. It is a natural outgrowth of his status as a citizen and serviceman, a man exercising his rights and responsibilities of citizenship in the freest of democracies. Representative government is kept alive by the participation of the average citizen in free elections and in the expression of public opinion. Mr. John Doe has access to many newspapers and magazines which reflect various shades of opinion so that he can inform himself of all sides to a question and make up his own mind. So you see, even, you know, talking, this is a military talking to their soldiers about how, you know, you are entitled to question. You are entitled to raise your opinion. That's what you're fighting for, the right to freely express your opinion, the right. The desperate rush to sign this flawed nuclear agreement with Iran is not only absurd, it's downright dangerous. Yesterday, Iran fired missiles in the vicinity of the American consulate. So, you know, this is uh, Bibi Netanyahu, um, as he talks about this situation that take, that's taking place in, uh, in uh, Iraq, in Erbil. Let's listen in. The desperate rush to sign this flawed nuclear agreement with Iran is not only absurd, it's downright dangerous. Yesterday, Iran fired missiles 
in the vicinity of the American consulate in Iraq. And the U.S. continues to charge ahead, along with the other powers, to sign a nuclear agreement that will give the Ayatollahs a nuclear arsenal. It would also relieve sanctions and give them hundreds of billions of dollars in order to continue the terror that they waged yesterday and wage every day throughout the Middle East and the world. This agreement is even worse than its predecessor, because in three years' time, under this agreement, Iran will be a threshold nuclear state. It will have enough enriched uranium to create dozens and dozens of nuclear bombs, and it will have the ICBMs to deliver them to any place in the United so, you know, this is what, uh, you know, uh, former Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu was saying. And his opinion is being pretty much silenced. You're not seeing it on media. Uh, of course, he's facing allegations of corruption, allegations that have to be proven. Anyway, that's our first half of this day's editions of Mike of New York. As you wake up on a Monday morning, and we leave you with this thought. Tom Brady is coming back to football. Yes, he's back. Oh boy. I know what's worse. Putin in Ukraine or Brady on the Great Iron. I'm Mike of New York. Have a great Monday, New York.